Hello, this is Angelica Yingst, and you're listening to Centered, grounded conversations about the metaphysical. Today's conversation is with Sharon Muzio. Sharon Muzio is the owner and operator of AltaView Wellness Center in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, she has extensive bodywork experience. Um, she's been a nurse since 1979, and then she moved full-time into doing massage therapy. Um, she's an aromatherapist. She's a Reiki master teacher. She's a shamanic practitioner. Um, the great thing about Sharon is she's so grounded, and she's so very funny. She's one of my closest friends, and we have lots of awesome conversations, which is why I asked her to be my first conversation on Centered. Um, she has been uh, a mentor and a leader to so many practitioners in central Pennsylvania and beyond. Um, she holds monthly circles and she's been doing um, shamanic journeys with me. We've been doing shamanic journey circles, but she does her own shamanic journeys and she's been leading them for well before we work together. Um, but she's been doing them around the chakras and really doing some like in-depth chakra work. So I thought it would be interesting to bring her in and talk about chakras and what are they, what do they mean, how to incorporate them in your life. Um, you can find her at altaviewwellness.com. Sharon's also the organizer and founder of the Spirit of Oneness Holistic Expo, which is the largest holistic wellness fair expo in the central Pennsylvania area. Um, that happens the first weekend of October, and you can find more information out about that at spiritofonenessevent.com. Um, so here's my conversation with Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Angie. Part of the reason I want to talk to you about chakras was because I've been really lucky to be part of the people experiencing your chakra journeys. And I've loved your approach to them, which is like a multi-sensory experience. Like you're having us visualize light and you're also really talking about the physical feelings of the chakras. So, and, and I guess that's part of what I love about your work in general is just how grounded in the body you are. And maybe that comes from you being a nurse and also your background as a massage therapist. Or um, being but a Capricorn. Yeah, or being a Capricorn, exactly, which I am too. So <laughs> maybe that's why I relate to it so much. But it's like you are always grounding people in the body experience of things. So I know this is a weird question, but do you remember the first time you heard the word chakra? Yeah, I do. It was in 1989. 1989. It was in 1989. Yes. Tell me 1989. about like, where were you? Like, what? How I was a nurse. I was a nurse in Jersey uh, at Our Lady of Lords. I was a nurse and I had a needle stick injury and uh, I was pregnant with my daughter who was born. No, actually, I wasn't yet pregnant. I was like before pregnant, but I had the needle injury when I was pregnant. So I think I should go back on that. In 1989, I heard about the chakras because I heard that the hospital had uh, a wellness program. And it wasn't just like get your shots. It was wellness in meta the metaphysical sense. But then in 90, I got a needle stick injury when I was pregnant with my daughter. And one of the things that they offered the employees as a part of 
the program, because remember we were in the AIDS situation yeah. at the time, uh, was to go to the wellness center and have a massage or have Reiki. And it was a very low cost, but the first couple visits were free. And for employees, it was very low cost. It was like $20 or something. I don't really remember. I think 20. Um, and so when you were in this uh, process, I, I chose to do a little bit of both. I, I wanted the massage because I was pregnant, but I also wanted to find out about the Reiki. And that was where I really understood a little bit more about what the chakras were. This was pre-internet, by the way. Yeah. So you didn't have a cell phone and you weren't looking Google up, you know, Googling everything like we do now. So I went to the library and um, I, I tried to find some information. I didn't find very much information, but one of the things that I really felt connected to a lot was aromatherapy. And I did find some information about that. And that was also a place where there was information about energy and the chakras and how the plants resonated with that. And so slowly I was getting on a path and then I learned Reiki and of course um, they became illuminated to me. When you went to get Reiki, was that like, what is this? Did it blow your mind? How did? Yeah. I was lucky that the person that offered Reiki, her name was Madeline. She was a very calm lady and she would explain it as uh, kind of the way I explain it now. I think, you know, we're a soul body in a physical body and I'm working on the soul body, but that affects the physical body. And we're all part of a God seed of energy or the universal life force of energy. And so when we work on these to balance and harmonize, everything balances and harmonizes. And so it was kind of rudimentary, but it made sense to me. And it got me thinking more about that piece of, you know, the, the non-visible piece of me. I think I got more connected to it that way by understanding it the way she put it. And when I was actually trained by Reiki, um, it, I was trained by a shaman. His name was Howard. And he was very into um, the importance of that physical connection like everything that's happening to you physically is a result of your energy being out of balance or affected by or responding to outside source so keeping your fields clear keeping yourself grounded but connected um sort of that dichotomy you know being grounded and solid but connected to spirit like the tree then you are working at keeping your field clear and and then your physical body well yeah i mean that's the interesting thing like when you were a nurse did you feel energy but not have a name for it like i yeah um a spirit or soul i mean i grew up catholic in an italian family and we uh, so we you know you we had religion <laughs> i mean that's the word not so much spirituality, but the transition for me in thinking wasn't that hard. I mean, I was fortunate enough that I was a nurse's aide at a very young age, and I worked in graduate hospital in Philadelphia as a nurse's aide. Old school nurses that had that very deep spiritual connection. Some women were Baptist or, you know, a little bit Pentecostal, yeah. a little bit more animated Christian than than 
I was raised, but they, they brought it home for me because there was almost a ceremony when a person would die that they were really honoring the soul. You know, as a nurse, when a person dies, you, you bathe the body and there's a certain post-mortem care that's provided. But these older nurses, they would open a window. You know, this is years ago. Now people yeah. jump out of windows so they don't open them. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. Oh, gosh. I know. But they'd open a window and say, we want to let the soul fly free. Now, you and I both know souls can fly through the window, but the symbolism of that, and they'd often stand over the body and pray and sometimes in tongues which was something I wasn't familiar with uh, for the soul to transition and then they would do the body care you know it was a bonus I guess <laughs> but it was different then and um, so yes to answer your original question it was connected for me by seeing that uh, as an as a young person uh, starting my nursing career. I guess I have a little more questions about your stick incident because I think we were talking about a little bit before, but you know, I have a couple friends who had some traumatic experiences as nurses that made them reevaluate their choice. Can you talk a little bit about the experience? I mean, now I think just to, to go back for a sec, you know, during this whole COVID thing, we can see how traumatic and scary being a nurse can be because you don't know if you're going to get the sickness that the person has brought into the hospital, right? So yeah. we, we, we can see that in a little more profound way, but it's always been this dangerous to be a nurse. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what that incident was and then when you transitioned, what was that like? Was it an easy decision? Was it clear cut? did you see it as all part of the same work like doing energy work as the same or doing massage work as the same as doing nursing that was a lot of questions there i'm sorry no no but i was thinking <laughs> as you were asking that i was thinking all about that so i think a lot of people are i think there's all different types of people right and so personality wise types i mean and so i think the people that are drawn to nursing are the helpers uh, the people that are kind of selfless, like the, they're the same people that might say, well, I'll volunteer for the front line, you know, in combat, or I'll volunteer to jump first to see what's down there. You know, those people. Um, some of them are the risk takers, but I think the motivation underneath of it is that caregiving, wanting to help others thing. So I think when you go into nursing and, and you're young and you're out of high school, as was I in 1977, um, I, I wanted to help people. I think I remember Mrs. Sparks interviewed me at Hahnemann, which is now Drexel, and said, you know, why do you want to be a nurse? And she said, and don't tell me, don't tell me because you want to help people, because I, I've heard that all day. Why do you want <laughs> so it's like that's like to be a rich <laughs> yeah I want to be rich and marry a doctor you know but um and so that was interesting but um I remember these little tidbits but I forgot that I remember them until you're asking me this question <laughs> now it's funny but truly um, my answer was you know I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty and I do want to help people I, that's the purpose of my of my life I mean that's mm -hmm. who I am so anyway People go into nursing for that reason. And then experiences come upon them, like the needle stick injury or coding someone and cracking their ribs. 
uh, seeing violence, uh, watching, you know, things that um, are the darker side of life. And I think then at some point, you know, you're aging in the profession, like you're not 17 anymore <laughs> at yeah. high school, you know, and you start saying, hey, do I want to be in the battle zone or do I want to still help people, but in a different way? Mm -hmm. So I think for some people, uh, they transition out of the patient care arena into other aspects of nursing and they go into administration or they go into uh, consulting or doing um, some sort of like insurance kind of work or, or legal work. Um, but I think for me, what happened was I chose the woo woo stuff because I, I found that it, it presented to me at the right time. Um, and so I said, I could still be a nurse, but not in the traditional sense. I could be a holistic nurse and operate out of a wellness center, just like the hospital offers. I'm going to have my own wellness center and do what I do, which is energy work and, uh, and, and physical work, body work. And so that was for me what happened. But I do think there's those moments for the helper that sometimes hit them that way it doesn't always go that way yeah people stay in nursing for years retire from nursing they they deal in a different way or they uh they don't get turned into a side road they just stay on that path and you know we're all different but i do think that that's a real thing to see because a lot of people i know that are massage people or reiki people they've been healthcare professionals before yeah so when you made that transition, though, it, it's interesting because I imagine you always sort of walk both lines. Like when you were a nurse, you were probably a little frustrated that people didn't see the spirit of whoever they were working on and that connection. There was like the, the spiritual, mental, you know, holistic view of people in nursing is sometimes missed when you look at allopathic medicine. And then you come to the other end where there are people in our community, in the metaphysical community and the new agey community, and I put that in quotes, or who just absolutely don't pay attention to anything medical. And they are basically saying, you know, you, you, uh, you looked at your friends sideways in third grade, and now that's why you have, you know, throat cancer or some awful stuff. Like the whole Louise Hay thing drives me crazy sometimes. Me too. But it's, but I also find it useful too, but it's like, there's a middle ground. So like you, you almost walked both sides of that where you're in the medical field and they completely dismiss all energy information. And on the other end, you, you ignore all physical. Um, so like, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little, because I, I, that's one of the things that drives me crazy when I hear somebody blaming someone for not doing their work and that's the reason they're sick I just uh it, it's one of my pet peeves well there's a lot of so I walk in the middle yes between allopathic and 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 super super duper out there as woo-woo as possible witchy woo-woo stuff so I walk in the middle as much as I can because I do tend to crave balance I do I do feel like it has to do with being a Capricorn and being a Capricorn that has a lot of earth 
energy in my chart, my, you know, my manifest, my um, astrological chart. Either extreme annoys me. The, the medical people that negate anything that's not medical, like, you know, the fact that when the soul leaves the body, there's a difference in, in, in the weight of the body. You know, there was, a, I don't remember how, what the ounces were, but there was like a movie about that years ago. The medical people that negate the fact that a baby feels pain uh, you know, because they're nonverbal and so they'll not remember and like that sort of like very staunch mindset. They are people that I don't resonate with. On the woo-woo side, the Louise Hayes book about um, you can heal yourself that kind of does shame you. Like the one thing that has hit me is back years ago um, when I was studying the shamanic work back in 14, uh, I had a uh, experienced a back injury and had disc herniations and I had a really hard time like moving around and walking and all the the medical people that are in my circle would be like you got to get shots you know you got to go to therapy you might need to have your discs removed I'm like ah, fuck you I'm not having my discs removed um, back surgery's a bitch and I'm not doing it I'll do therapy. And my poor wife, like she was so patient. Well, I'll get you ice. Like I'll do whatever you need. And I'm thinking this is beyond fucking ice. Okay. Yeah. But the medical people had that one way. And then the metaphysical people were like, well, are you, you must be experiencing a lot of fears about money because low back is money. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what the hell? You're being really judgy because like, I'm okay. Money wise. My wife has a great job. We have benefits. Um, my business is good. I hurt my back. Like I have a back issue. Um, you know, and so there was like, I didn't know where to go with that. And I, I was actually gifted that you can heal, heal yourself book by Louise Hayes from a metaphysical person because of my back issue. And like it, down to the disc that was wrong, there was, you know, affirmations to heal that. And I'll be frank with you, I did use woo-woo to help heal my back and I did use medicine and my woo-woo was to eat red beets because it was my root. And yeah. I feel like that more red energy I brought in, the more color therapy I did for myself, I even have red panties that I wore. Yeah. Um, and of course, I did get steroid shots in my back. Um, I feel like that put it all together for me. I went through a hell with that. But on a personal level, I also saw the ugly side of the metaphysical practitioner because we can be very accusatory and we can shame people because they're not walking the path. Well, if you yeah. do Reiki every day, you're not going to experience that. Well, that is not true. If you do yoga every day, you're not going to be fat anymore. That's not true. I'm still fat and I do yoga. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I know. I know. It's craziness. And yes, that I hate well, to you know on. that whole thing, the whole fat thing with yeah. the chakras is one of my pet peeves because someone yeah. that I was working with said something like you can always tell someone with a solar plexus imbalance because they have a big belly mm -hmm. and I was like you know what I I have dealt with a lot of people with third eye imbalances and they don't have fat foreheads you know what I mean that it just doesn't <laughs> it's so fucked up so I was I was like get really like protective about that because you just don't know where that person is in their journey to be able to say, oh, well, you're clearly blocking. You don't know if they've been healing something in their belly, their sacral, their solar plexus. And, you know, those are big areas for me that are where I hold weight. So maybe that's why I get a little defensive about it, but you don't know what part of their journey they're on. And to say that it's bad or good 
is really dismissing the fact that they're on the healing journey period you know what i mean because you know i i had um early cervical cancer after the birth of zachary and i went to see someone a couple months after that who said to me well i I was asking how is this cancer going to wrap up i hadn't gotten it treated yet i didn't know what stage it was it was like stage zero so it wasn't actually spread at all it was just a few cells but at the time i didn't know so i was asking about that and the person said you know um well part of the reason you have this is because you're not having enough sex and i wasn't even six weeks postpartum so i was like still very early <laughs> I remember this, this. yeah and then then, then then happened to say something like your husband's going to start using pornography and it went on this whole shaming thing about sex and i didn't know what to, i mean i i immediately dismissed i think i talked to you immediately about it but it's one of those things that at least i was grounded in that but it can do real damage to someone who who doesn't know yeah. and then conversely later many couple of years later after that i did discover i had some sexual trauma there that i was holding on to so there was trauma that i was holding on to in that area and can I say it caused cancer? No, but I definitely had an imbalance in the sacral for a very long time that, you know, it's been an area of issue for me. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's not like I want to dismiss it all, but on the other hand, I think we can do damage when we tell people things that aren't grounded in compassion and empathy for their experience and that's the problem i have with the louise hay book there's no nuance to those things it just says you know if you have itchy hands um it's because you feel guilty for stealing something or whatever and it's just i don't know well it's something about endometriosis in there which i was diagnosed with as a young woman uh about not being in touch with your sexuality or, or or not being congruent with it or aligned with it or something weird like that um that was also a weird thing but what what i find happening in general uh is like when people go to medical school or nursing school or lab tech school or nurses aid school or whatever they become like mini experts on things and then they have like an opinion about everything and a judgment about everything they're like the expert on this stuff I think I was one of those people as a young nurse, um, you know, and, and I, so I, I walked that, I wore that hat, walked that part of my path. And now when I step back and reflect, I see that with metaphysical people, someone gets attuned to Reiki and now Reiki is the answer for everything. So then they're throwing Reiki at everyone or they learn shamanic work and then they're trying to find messages in every animal and like a fox runs down the street and it has nothing to do with them but the fox medicine it's fox energy they're here for me no the fox has a fucking den two blocks down and they're moving their pups it's not for you it was in your peripheral vision it didn't come and nest at your home or den at your home um so i'm I'm being ridiculous and far-fetched but my point is i think as human beings we tend to learn a thing and then we apply that to everything and we get judgy. Unfortunately, practitioners that are really in practice, really doing the work, sometimes they stay there and they, their way is the only way. Um, this is the answer. 
Essential oils cure everything. We know that's not true. Um, doctors, medicine cures everything. We know that's not true. <laughs> Again, walk in the middle. The balance, where's the balance come from? Yeah. We need the balance. So um, I think it's just human nature. You find a niche or a path that you deeply resonate with. It works well for you physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, every aspect of your being. And then you want to inconsiderately impose that to try to fix other people. And the problem is, is it isn't our place to fix anyone. As yes. you and I talk about this, you know, you're on your path. People say, oh, we got to fix so-and-so because they have a drinking problem. Do they want to be fixed? Yeah. And they have to fix themselves. They have to put in the work. Oh, so-and-so has cancer. Let's pray for them. Yes, we send Reiki. We send healing. We send everything. But they too have to do the work. We can't be accusatory of the person that drinks and say, you're a shithole. You're a mess because you drink. We can't look at the person with cancer and say, wherever the cancer is, well, your chakras are off. It's throat cancer. We got to put, you know, put you in blue and call St. Michael in and get your throat chakra fixed. You know, can't yeah. do that. Can't and do I that. Yeah. My friend Jack, who was like severely sexually abused as a child, he's, he, he told me once, he said, if I hadn't drank alcoholically, I would have shot, shot myself. Like I would have killed myself. And so we don't know what somebody's dealing with. Like that, whatever the thing they're doing is adaptive. It, it yeah. works for some reason. It's so, medicating in some way. Right. So unless we can give them an alternative that works for them, we can't take away stuff that, you know, like even if, you know, even if we could, it's their work and not everything works for every person. And that's, a powerful part that we learn as we go through this you know we keep applying the same energetic work or the same shamanic work to every situation it doesn't actually work for every person you know yeah. it's not the same thing for every every being um well so i guess i want to tie it back to chakras because we started talking about chakras like why do you think chakra work is important well, so the thing with chakra work that's evolved for me over the years is I, I have always had an affinity for, you know, when I do body work, which is physical touching work, I am always hands-on Reiki on. I'm always sending energy into my client. Um, and so the thing with chakra work is it's just a part of like what I do every day. I, yeah. I don't even, it's, it's a, it's part of me. You know what I'm saying? That's, mm -hmm my offering and it's coupling with the physical for me. But over the past few years, I have had the honor to study Kabbalah. And in Kabbalah, there's, you know, people have seen the, you know, the, the Kabbalistic tree and they see the little circles on the tree and it makes a shape and it's mm -hmm. all tied into sacred geometry and not to get off on a Kabbalah tangent. No, but, please do. Kabbalah is interesting. But the thing with those circles is that they're each an aspect of God or a face of God or a path to God. And as you climb up those paths, you know, there's lines that connect, there's, there's path working and pathways to get there. Um, we learn in Kabbalah that each of these circles contains all of the other circles within itself. So when I learned that a few years ago, I started thinking about the chakras and the literal way, you know, a Western society, we've been taught about the chakras. 
and the um, areas of the body, the physical that they govern and they work with. But I took that a step further in my own work and reflection that in each chakra lives all the chakras. So when you look at someone with a big belly like me, it isn't my solar plexus or my sacral or my root that's an issue, maybe. Maybe it's my third eye that's an issue because all my chakras reside together in each part of me. Yes, predominantly it's the chakra that we know, but within it are all the influences of the others that make us a complete whole, just like the tree, the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah tree. And so it, it's something that really resonates so deeply so that I started seeing in my work how so much is interwoven within the person, what they're physically aware is going on and they articulate and what I pick up energetically as I touch and I work within their arc field or physically touch their physical body and how much is interwoven in A, the story they tell, B, the messages that they've internalized that they could articulate to me as the caregiver, the provider, the woo-woo lady. <laughs> um, and so there's so much involved and it isn't a singular chakra that's spinning counterclockwise. You know, it's not that, it's not that easy to look at that anymore for me. There's a complexity to the, to energy work now for me. And so I think the chakras are everything. I think there are five senses. I think they are our essence. I think they're our soul. But I think that they're in a, because we are human, wearing the meat suit we wear, they're aligned on our physical body along our midline. And they're aligned to correspond majorly to those areas, but minorly and interwovenly to everything about us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, that's, that's an interesting point because that means that working on one works on all. Yes. Which is very freeing. Yes. You no, know, one of the things I find in my practice is a lot of people come in and I do ask, do you know about the chakras? Because I'll start using the word chakra like normal people yeah, <laughs> use the like word Jell-O. Do you know Jell-O? Yeah. I know Jell-O. I forget that not everybody's in my lexicon in my community. So I'll mm -hmm. say, I'll talk about shamanic stuff and energetic stuff and chakras and blah, blah, blah. And then I, I just see this blank look and, or somebody will say, I know just a little, I know that I'm probably way in imbalanced. And then I start checking their chakras and working on their energy field and they're completely balanced. Um, and it's because I know they're taking care of themselves. Like they actually are moving every day they might sit in meditation they feed their body good things they have dealt with their trauma like they've actually feel really good and balanced and that's the part i think we kind of miss is we act like if you can only balance them if you know about them and you can only um really be healthy and okay if you're totally aware of everything in the <laughs> metaphysical community, which I just think is wrong. You know, like taking care of yourself is the best chakra balancer. Having sex is a good chakra balancer. There's a lot yeah. of things that balance your chakras that people don't think about. Doing yoga, for example, um, it doesn't have any correspondence with what your body looks like or how much you know. 
it has a correspondence with the physical. And that's, I guess, kind of where I started, which was asking you like about the physical body and your connection to it. So um, I don't know if I have a question there. I just, I think I, I noticed myself as an energy worker, you know, telling people, no, you're great. You're doing wonderfully. You don't have to know what I know. That's the whole point that that's why I do what I do. And you do what you do is because you come to see me and I help do those little tweaks and point you in the right direction. But I study so you don't have to study all these things. Right. I say to people, you don't have to know what medicine or why the doctor prescribed that medicine for you. But when he prescribes it, you'll just take it. Yeah. Well, you don't need to understand how I figure out what works here. You just need to follow it if it resonates for you. You yeah. have a choice in this. Uh, you may not have a choice with that blood pressure pill, but you have a choice in this. But again, it isn't like, I think that the, the most important thing that you just said is that empowerment that you share with the client to say, hey, you're not as bad as you thought you were. I don't know why you thought you were that bad, but I can tell you that I've tapped in and I've felt and saw and you're actually doing pretty good. You know, we, let's talk about this because a lot of times people want to keep you in a place where you feel unwell so that you keep coming back to them to feel well. And that's not what we do, obviously. <laughs> and anyone that uh, operates from a place of integrity wouldn't do that. But I've heard of that. I've heard of people like readers and people that do energy healing work and um, that, that kind of do that. So, you know, uh, I, I love what you said about, hey, you're not that bad. Like, and let me say what I worked on, what I tweaked, and this works great. And I think if you continue on the path of what you're doing, you're going to continue to do really well. I love that. I mean, that's what people need to hear more of. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I really like about working with the chakras is that this idea of energy centers in the body is not specific to Indian medicine you know, if, if that's where chakra, the word is Sanskrit and it comes from the yeah. chakras, it's in nearly every culture has this idea of energy centers. And some of them are 12 chakras, you know, 12 energy centers, some are seven, some are five, but, you know, from native, some, some native American um, medicine to Chinese medicine, to Indian medicine, to Scandinavian medicine, there are all ideas that there's energy centers in the body. And there is a mind-body-spirit connection there um, mm -hmm. that the physical is affected by the energetic. And that's what I, you know, when I work with chakras, I, have, I always think that if it's in all these cultures around the world, independently discovered, there must be some truth to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do. I really do. And I think, you know, people that don't know anything about chakras they're missing a whole aspect of themselves. But it's interesting when the, something turns on for them, when they hear something and somehow they make their way to us, us being all of us collectively yeah. that do, do the work, um, they'll say, you know, so many things like, I've always had this kind of just knowing. I don't know how I know, but I know. Or sometimes when I dream, then the thing comes true. Or I just had this gut feeling about such and such and I knew not to do it. And then, you know, I did it anyway. And then this thing played out. And it's like, yeah, because, you know, you're a soul body in a meat suit and you, you were always a soul body in a meat suit. Yeah. You, you are hearing, listen to what you're saying. Listen to what you're telling me. You have been going through this forever and ever. 
because you came in that way. You, you now, as you talk and we talk about it and you think about it, you realize you're a soul body and a meat suit. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's the funny, that's, I put that up today on uh, Instagram about that because it is so true. And we, for, we, like you said, you are, you forget it. And then it comes back and you remember and you're like, oh yeah, I am. Wow. You know, it's just, it is. cool. Yeah. And when people are like in your meditations, they've never done meditation before, you know, I closed my eyes. And when you were talking, I was seeing blue and then you're like, yeah, that's the color of the third eye. You're opening your set, you know, your, your visual um, center. Mm -hmm. And they're oh, I didn't know that. Or I saw a big eye when I closed my eye and then it blinked open. You're like, yeah, your third eye just opened. You know, people have these, archetypes and these visuals in their DNA and it comes out you know it, it, when you start doing this work so well I, I'm so grateful that you're doing these chakra journeys and that you're doing other you know working with the chakras and educating about the chakras I think it's really important um, and for some people it feels like the foundation of all the other work that we do you know so it is definitely I'm grateful for that me too. I really am. And I think like right now where we are with uh, social distancing, um, with uh, what we've been experiencing for the past several months, I think a lot of people have been operating from a place of fear. I think it's very hard no matter what channels you listen to or what conversations you have with the world at large it's hard to get away from fear because it seems like it's something that's almost being manufactured every day for whatever the reason is. I don't want to get political in any way, but back to the chakras. So I think that right now we have a certain density around our beings uh, because of this imposed isolation, separateness, and so forth. And so I think the best way to help clear that is to journey into your arc field and try to release all those things, whether you do it in journey with someone or you put some music on and meditate and try to get to a place of deep relaxation and then walk through your body step by step. But I think a conscious effort to release some of this stuff will benefit us. You said something a little while ago and I wanted to comment on it when you said about you are drawn to an area and you don't know why, and it's just intuitive. I wonder, and we'll never know the answer, how many people we've worked on, you, me, all of us, collective healing workers, energy workers, and we've been drawn to something in a body, and we work on it, and they come back the next month, and we work on it, and then maybe we never go back again. How many times have we actually healed something that was just in this, in this cell form? How many, how many, incidents have occurred that we have been drawn to a specific part of a person's physical body that was just the blossoming of something yucky and it never manifests because of the energy work we can't quantify it because no. we don't work from a place of testing and having journal articles published and double blind studies so we don't have those answers which also lends to us being a less credible form of healthcare because we right. can't prove a lot of stuff. It's just based almost like a faith-based thing, if you, if you want to call those words. Um, 
But yes, to me, arc field balancing, chakra balancing is what everything is. So I think we just need to, you know, kind of look at that as people. What can we do for ourselves? And how do we keep ourselves operating from the best place we can? Yeah, I, I mean, I think what you said is just true. We don't know, we can't quantify it. But, you know, the way I was taught about the energy field was that even each layer of our energy field is associated with the chakra and, yes. you know, that those things that come in our energy field, words, um, spoken barbs, uh, all that kind of stuff that ends up becoming thought form, which this is going to get really sounding woo woo, but, you know, it, it, it will permeate the energy field and we'll continue to think about it and give it power. And then it gets closer and closer to the energy to the physical body and then it permeates the physical body yes. so like that's why i think energy healing is so important is because we're working on it before it gets to the body right and it yeah once it's a physical thing then you do need a doctor you know once that the heart's having an a you know it's seizing and having a heart attack then you need to go to the doctor we can't heal that with energy work but we mm. can heal the feelings of not being worthy of love way before that you know yes. like that's that's the part that i think is so important about doing some of this chakra work and you talk about it a lot and you talked about a little bit here but you know you even talk about the foods that are corresponding with the chakras yes. the essential oils the the flowers the um work that you can do there to just continue to work on it right like right. we can yes. work on our throat just by singing Yes. Um, we don't even have to sing anything important to us, but like opening the throat and working it. We can work on our root by walking and grounding and, and getting connected to the earth. Like there are so many different layers to it. And that's what I love about your approach is that you're talking about the food, the drink, the movement, the all of that stuff. So I'm just grateful Thank you. for you. And I'm grateful work. for you. And I'm <laughs> grateful we had this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so I much. I think Sharon. this is wonderful. And I, and I look forward to hearing the other conversations that you have. And I hope everyone enjoys them. Thanks for listening to Centered with me, Angie Yinkst. If you'd like to send me a question or comment about this show or any shows, you can send them to Angie at themoonandstone.com.